It is so good to be here with you. I want to welcome you. Um, this is a kind of a fun day for me. Just to, kind of, we've been, Lori and I have been kind of back for the last couple of weeks and already Matt sloughing off. Have you noticed that? But uh, <laughs> we, we are so excited to be back on, on, on staff and, and being able to rub shoulders with you guys. And for us, it's, it's like a dream come true because we, we get to do what we love to do. We get to hang out with you and people and, and every now and again speak and teach and that kind of thing. And Matt has all the headaches. He has to raise the money. He has to handle the staff. He has to build the buildings. That's why he's sick and I'm happy. That's, so, <laughs> But seriously, be praying for him. Uh, talked to him this morning and he sounded horrible and he was trying to make it, you know. And I said, Matt... You know, live to fight another day. Go, go to bed. What's my mentor, one of my mentors, this is how we used to do it. You, you, you sucked it up and no matter what. He, he had like, um, this is Gerald Marvel, he had like a, either an appendix, appendectomy or a hernia or something. And the next Sunday, he put his wife's girdle on and showed up and preached. <laughs> For some of you women, you don't even know what a girdle is, but that's another... And that he wore his wife's girdles may not have been just a new thing, but I don't know. But he, you know, he got, <laughs> he got up there. And that was how he did it. And I said, Matt, don't do that. You know, he, he's in heaven now, and my, I'm, I'm on my way. So you do different. You do different. And he's, um, so we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. Um, not just 66 magic words, but a, a focus of how to do life. In the... In the excuse me, in the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's more than just here's what to pray, it's here's how to pray. And so some huge themes come out in this thing. And I hope you follow along with that. I mean, last week Matt did a wonderful job as we started with our Father who art in heaven. I mean, I don't know about you, but that, just, that shook me to the core all over again. I've known that. But to recognize, when, when Matt talked about the prodigal son and, and the father on on. on uh, you know, just waiting to be able to, to speak with his son again. And that's how he waits for us to pray. I mean, it, it kind of, I just start tearing up. I mean, think about it. Our Father in heaven, holy God, hallowed be your name, creator, sustainer of the universe, the greatest, most awesome being. How in the world would we ever, ever, ever have a relationship with a God that powerful and holy and righteous? And Jesus says, well, like a child with a father. In fact, just call him dad. That's how you go. I mean, your week should be different with that phrase. Here's the second theme for us today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know if... if uh, if during the time of sharing, if we, would have, if we would have asked a different question, instead of the question of where would you like to live, but um, here's the question that I'd like you to think about. You don't have, we don't have time for you to share it with one another, but if Jesus were just to sit here and he would say, I've got the best news for you. I've got the best news you have ever heard for you. He named you by name wonder what that would be. What do you think that report would be? What would be the, the best news that you could possibly hear from Jesus? Well, I, if you're like most of us, you would say, 
uh, that he loves me, that he forgives my sin. I mean, I've really messed up in my life, and he'd accept me back in. I get to go to heaven. I mean, what would be the best news you could possibly hear? Here it is in this prayer. Through Jesus Christ, his kingdom comes and his will is done. And you can enter into the kingdom here on earth. It's an amazing concept. It's so amazing that by far, by far, it's the number one thing Jesus talked about and the number one thing he taught, the kingdom of God. He was insistent and incessant and obsessive with the kingdom of God. I'm going to show you how that, that works. If you want to look on the screen, there's a couple of verses of Scripture. If you, if you see how Jesus starts his ministry in the book of Mark, it says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. So what's, the good news is, you know, his is as good as it gets for you. Jesus is walking around. Here's the best news, calling people by name. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. The greatest news you can ever hear, this is the time. Right now, let me just declare it right now. The good news is this. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. So then he calls his disciples together. Over in the eighth chapter of Luke, it says Jesus traveled about from one town to the village to the other, proclaiming the good news. Here's the best news you're ever going to hear, the kingdom of God. And the 12 are with him. So, hey, 12, I want you to catch this because I'm not going to be with you forever. you got to get a hold of the kingdom of God. This is the truth we're proclaiming. Later in the next chapter, he sends them out. He says, okay, you take this message and proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And they go out two by two, and they proclaim the kingdom of God. Not only that it's come for them, but that it's spreading throughout this whole area, and it's the best news you'd ever hear about. And then when Jesus is already dead on the cross, and he rises up again in three days, and he's getting ready to go back up to be with the Father in the ascension, in, in Acts, the first chapter, it says this, after his suffering, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. So for 40 days, he is. this is the message I want these guys to hear. And here's his message. He spoke about the kingdom of God. He spoke about the kingdom of God. Going back up to the Father, you've got to catch a hold of the kingdom of God. All through the book of Acts, the kingdom of God is proclaimed. And at the very last chapter, almost I think it's the last verse, chapter 28, 31, Paul, who wrote you know, two-thirds of the New Testament, Proclaimed the kingdom of God, taught about the Lord Jesus with boldness and without hindrance. You kind of get an idea that if Jesus was going to sit with you, he would say, I got to get this into your head, the kingdom of God. And you're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, we're just not used to kingdom language. We're Americans. We rebelled from kings. Give us our independence. Give us our colonies. Give us representation, democracy. But don't kingdom what is and we just we skip right over this whole thing and it is so key jesus it's so important to him that when he when he talked about the beatitudes the blessed life the very first one blessed are the poor in spirit for 
Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He couched the back end of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted and right, and for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. One of the favorite ways of teaching were the parables. Over half of the parables about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Toward the end of his ministry, the Pharisees grabbed him and said, what, what is this? Where's the kingdom? And he said, it's within you. It's within you. Pilate pushes him. Where's the kingdom? What's this kingdom all about? It's not of this world. It's not of this world. It's up there, but it's within you. This, this is so foreign to us because we have reduced being a Christian to the lowest common denominator to get into heaven. All we really want to know is what's the secret code to get in. That's what it is. As long as we keep that secret code, what do I act, say, do, believe, just to get across that line is really, I don't know that I can get an A, but if it's a pass and fail, at least I got a C. I just want to be in there. And so we come every Christmas and Easter just to make sure they didn't change the secret codes. Some of you that are really committed, you show up every month just to make sure. Some of you that are paranoid come every week, but we got, you got religious problems, but... <laughs> what's the very easiest way I can get into heaven it, what, you know what it reminds me of some of you that are older will remember um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail that movie great Christian movie <laughs> toward the end of that movie Monty Python in, in the Holy Grail there's there, King Arthur <clears throat> is, is on this quest with his knights and <clears throat> they come to this place and, and there's this castle that has the Holy Grail they think and there's this huge chasm between where they're at and where the castle is, and this rickety old bridge to get across it. And there's this wizened, kind of curled up old, kind of weird guard that is the gatekeeper to get them into the, the castle. And uh, they have to pass his inspection, and so he has, a, he has a test for him. So the first knight goes up there, and he has, give your name, give your quest, he does that. And he asks this question, what's your favorite color? And he says, red, pass on through. Next knight goes up, he's kind of an arrogant dude, and uh, this the gatekeeper looks at him, name, quest, and he gives him some off-the-wall question, like who won the World Cup and whatever, whatever, whatever. And he goes, I don't know. And into the chasm he goes. The next night comes up and he's a little bit shaky and a little bit scared what's going on here. And he says, name, quest, what's your favorite color? And he goes, a uh, red, a uh, blue, a uh, Down he goes. Finally, here comes Arthur. Name, Arthur, King Arthur, King of the Brits. Um, quest the Holy Grail. And then there's a, there's a running gag throughout the whole movie, and the question that he gets is this. What is the airspeed velocity of a coconut-laden swallow? <laughs> and the answer is a gag that's going through the whole movie as well. And he goes, it, it depends if it's an African swallow or a European swallow. And the gatekeeper goes, I don't know. And ah, down the gasm he goes. That's kind of what we look at, at Christianity all about. What's, what's the right answer to get me across that chasm so I don't get thrown in and I get, I get to heaven? As long as I have that, that's all it means. And Jesus says, is it about forgiveness of sins? Yes. Is it about eternity with him? Yes. But it's so much more than that. It's about the kingdom of God. And Jesus, 
Jesus embodies this prayer. He comes from heaven to earth that the will of the Father may be done. He is the, he is the kingdom. He, 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 um, he shows it in his life. He models it in his life. He manifests it. He is the kingdom of God. And he says, let me just kind of, let, let me just help you get your thoughts that it's the best news for you. That if you get me in your life, it starts to transform and work that kingdom in you. So we don't think a lot about kingdoms. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I knew I shouldn't have kissed Matt this morning. <clears throat> it was a holy kiss. It was a holy kiss. But <clears throat> um, he, he says this. Um, this kingdom stuff. Let me help you kind of get, get your mind around kingdom. Every, every one of us has a kingdom. You, you have a kingdom. And before we just kind of kick that under the bus a little bit, you're supposed to. In Genesis, the first chapter, we're told God, God says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. Set up your kingdom. It's a personal thing. It's a, it's a purpose thing. And so we all have kingdoms. And we start to discover our kingdom about age two when we get our first words First word that most two-year-olds learn, no. Second word, mine. Those are kingdom words. And we just, we just build on them all our life. It's our boundary. It's our kingdom. We're expanding our kingdom. Don't mess with my kingdom. So as they grow up, they're sitting in the back seat. Mama, he touched me. Mama, mama he, he breathed on me. His foot's touching my knee, mama. Dad, dad. You know, and you just, and so finally you just, you turn around. You draw a line back there. Keep your legs and your hands and your breath on that side of the line. Keep your hands, your legs, and your breath on that side of the line. And there it goes. And they just keep, how close can you get to the other? And can I just advance the kingdom just a little bit? And finally, Dad has enough, and he gets this arm going back there. Because whose kingdom does he think that car is? Yeah, I'll go, don't make me come back there. I'll tell you whose kingdom it is. We, we're all about kingdoms. The problem with our kingdoms are, are we're, we're sinful. Sin just, just starts to erode our kingdom, but we continue to expand our sinful kingdoms. We marry our kingdom with another kingdom. We set up a family kingdom that starts to expand. We have neighborhood kingdoms. Schools are kingdoms. Sports teams. I mean, there's the Raider Nation, Red Sox Nation, you know, Roll Tide. That's, that's kind of a sinful kingdom, but, you know, there, we, we have all these kingdoms that just expand, and, and, and cities and nations and governments. It affects economics, it affects culture, it affects lifestyle. Before long, all these, all these kingdoms gathered together, intersecting together, and they, they formed to me the, the kingdom on earth. And Jesus says, I'm coming to the kingdom on earth, and I'm proclaiming kingdom of God and just you start reading through the New Testament just his descriptions of it just blow us away you want to get into my kingdom he says you be like a child in fact the greatest people in my kingdom are children the kingdom he says you know what the kingdom is like it's like a party it's like if you're going to have a big banquet 
and, and you invite people to the banquet, but instead of inviting all the, the, the notable people in the community, you go to those who are outcast, those who are lonely, those who are rejected, and you bring them in. That's what my kingdom's like. My kingdom's like a mustard seed. My kingdom's like a field. Here's my favorite. My kingdom is like, like leaven in, a, in dough. That's what my kingdom's like. Paul said in his writings, you want to know what the kingdom is? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So after a while, you start piecing these things together and you start to realize this kingdom is unbelievable. It's not for arrogant, prideful people. Sinful people, okay. You can, in, you can be invited in no matter who you are, but arrogance, no, you got to be like, you got to be more like a child. It's a place for faith. It's a place that servanthood is the number one quality. It's a place where peace reigns and joy and righteousness. Your kingdom is where you reign and everything you want to have happen happens, but God's kingdom is where his will is done. He reigns. Things that happen that bring him joy, that make him celebrate, that, that, that cause him to, to, to look at with glee over the, the kingdom expanse. That's God's kingdom. You take that and you bring that kingdom to the kingdom of earth. Think about the kingdom of earth. That's not exactly how I would describe the kingdom of earth. I mean, have you read the news lately? Have you, have you turned on your TV or the computer? All the junk going on, all the stuff. I mean, we don't even hear it anymore, but what about the thousands, hundreds of thousands of refugees running around trying to figure out where's home and get out of there and what do we do with them? And, and that, what, about, what about the velocity of, of, of how, how, how everything's amped up as far as war and the threat of bombs, North Korea, Iran, or whatever? Hawaii. Who would have ever thought Hawaii gets a warning that take cover? And we didn't just look at it and go, boy, that's stupid. Who, who would ever, instead it's like, in fact, you know who's in Hawaii this week is uh, Michael Fay. He used to be on staff here. You know, Michael and Christy grew up here. There, he, I'm, I'm speaking at his church this afternoon, and, and he, he texted me. here. So I got this to work with, and he, he showed me the warning, take cover. And they're at a camp, and he said, I'm under a table, and they're collecting food and water to see how long they can hold out. Well, the fallout comes. That's our, that's our kingdom. It's Martin Luther King weekend. The kingdom of earth, have, have, we, have we really advanced with racism? Has that been helped? What about, what about thousands of children that die daily that don't need to? What about the opiate ad addictions? What, I mean, you look at the kingdom of earth and you go, oh, my goodness. And Jesus said, that's why I want you to get your minds on this concept. Not only to pray it, but to live it. Not only to live it, but to rearrange your life for it. Change your focus. Take your priorities, your resources, your talents, and focus on this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Here on earth, same way as it is in heaven, here on earth, in my life, in my family, in my church, in my city, in my country, my community, 
my world. Come. It's a prayer that will change our lives. Because most of us pray this, my will be done. Lord, please, would you bless my will? Or we pray, Lord, get me out of here. The kingdom of earth stinks. <laughs> I don't want to go today, but someday I want to go to heaven and take, take me up. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me out of this place. And Jesus never says, just sit around, hang on, hold on, because one day you're going to be able to go to heaven and then everything's going to be all right. He says, listen, we're kingdom people. Pray thy kingdom come down here. Not, Lord, beam me up out of here. Changes everything. Here's what it does. Here's what it makes us. First of all, it makes us kingdom dwellers. Kingdom dwellers. But instead of, the, of thinking that I am, I'm going to dwell someday in the kingdom far away, which that will happen someday, but kingdom dwellers because the kingdom dwells within me. The kingdom comes when I, when I bring Jesus into my life. He brings his kingdom, and he starts to transform me. The kingdom of God, he said, it's like leaven in dough. You don't even necessarily see it. You don't even, it doesn't even have to be this huge cataclysmic event. It's just, it's just placed in your heart, and it starts to explode with impact and influence till your life starts to change, and righteousness and peace and joy starts to become a part of you. And before long, you're becoming more like Jesus. Because his kingdom transforms you. Changes you. And you become a citizen of that kingdom. So that everywhere you go, you, you embody the very truth of Jesus in you. So that not only are you a person who... Who dwells in it, but you're, you're starting to change like that. <clears throat> now, the problem is when we pray, My will be done rather than Thy will be done. I mean, we've all prayed that. God help bless me. Our wills are so messed up. Our wills are so affected by sin that it usually doesn't line up with His will. That's why we pray His will be done. Let me describe, let me describe your will, probably. Your, your inner being and what, what, what I, I just jotted down some things. See if this describes your mind and your will and who you are. Do any of you here, anybody, have bad habits, gossip, worry? Any of you do the wrong things, self-promote, get judgmental, bend the truth, hold a grudge, get cold and withdrawn? Have impure thoughts, get impatient with somebody, stubborn, defensive, passive-aggressive, closed-minded. Anybody? Anybody here describing you? Um, you know, I'm a pastor, and it only took me about 30 seconds to come up with this list. You know why? Because my wife has done every one of those. <laughs> That's why Paul says, you know, if, you, if you're going to 
you'll be transformed in your mind. Otherwise, you're going to be conformed to the world. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't be conformed to the kingdom of earth. But be transformed. Let, let the kingdom in you start to change you. That's how you do the good and perfect will of God. By renewing your mind and being transformed by him. Kingdom dwellers. And then to be kingdom bringers. So once you have the kingdom in you, God says, would, would you take that kingdom and would you spread it around? Now, the, when you talk about the kingdom, there's a not yetness about the kingdom and there's a now about the kingdom. The not yetness is one day his reign will be all over. It will be perfect. He will rule and reign and he will restore and he will redeem and he will make right and he will make whole the broken pieces and everything will be perfect and great. One day, but not yet. Now, until then, he says, you who follow me, you who call yourself believers, Christians, Jesus followers, it's up to you to take the kingdom and penetrate this kingdom on earth with the kingdom of God. So in our world that's so broken and beat up and dark that all of a sudden you become lights of hope, that the dead become alive again, that the lost are found that the broken people are put back together, that there's a healing that starts to take place. There's a beauty that starts to spread, that injustice is trampled on, that the disparaged have hope and, and a peace that's not theirs, that you bring the kingdom. My challenge to you this week is you wake up in the morning and you say, God, come in me. Bring your kingdom in me. Start right in here. Clean me out and come and live in me and take residence in me and be in me and then and then Jesus would you would you live through me that everywhere I go I bring it I bring the kingdom my friends at school I bring the kingdom to them my co-workers I bring the kingdom to them my family members my community my city I bring it that the world is different because of who I am this church is all about kingdom bringers that's why we are founded that's why it continues to go. You look at the, the vision statement and, and what we're all about. The, we gathered to bring the kingdom. We're here on a Sunday morning and we lift up praise and we sing songs and we lift our hearts up, our hands up, and we sing with all that we have. Let the glory of God come down. Would you encourage me, God? Would you fill me, God? And we listen to the message and we, we surrender again and we, re, we respond to his word that, that something out of the whole week, we can just we can touch heaven when we get together gather for that. But then we go and, and throughout the week, whether it's through a life group or a community group or a Bible study, we, we take that light out of the building into our homes, our neighborhoods, into restaurants or whatever, and we, we read God's word together and we share our life and we, we spend time spurring one another on that, that the light of Christ would just be brought beyond these walls. And then we go beyond, go beyond that. We take it to, to places that are in the schools with Teach One to Lead One or with Young Life or with our youth groups and take it, take it to places in Berlin where some of the mission project are here or to the Dominican Republic or whatever, wherever we go that the light is just, it's just brought, the kingdom is just brought. Bring it. Bring it. John Calvin said this, the task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible. That's your and my job description. Make this invisible kingdom visible. Bring it. 
And then third and finally, we're kingdom prayers. Not only do we live it and focus our life on that, but we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because not only, as much as we yield ourselves to the Lord, as much as we, and hard as we work, and as much as we strategize and, and try to do what we can to bring the kingdom, it's bigger than us. And it can go beyond us. And it can go beyond us through our prayers. Because there's, there's some things that only God can do. There's a lot of only God stuff out there. And that prayer is, oh God, do, do something beyond me. I'm having trouble reaching my children. I'm, having, I'm worried about my grandchildren or my parents or my friends or my co I don't know how I can get through to them. But you can, God. Your kingdom come in their hearts and lives. God, only you can open blind eyes. Only God can take ears that are deaf and allow them to hear truth. Only God can take a heart that's hardened and resistant and melt that heart to make it receptive to grace. And so we pray, God, do what only you can do. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to let the light shine. But you've got to do what you can do. Bring it to our nation. Bring it to our government, our political leaders. Bring it to our world that is in chaos. God, that's a it's a only God thing to do. We become prayers of this truth. When we're done with this series in February, February 11th, Cameron and I are going to offer a class that takes the Lord's Prayer and takes it one step further. How do you, how do you pray it? How do you, how do you pr practically pray this prayer? Because what we're going to do is invite you to, to, to take the journal and join us in Lent. And in that Lenten study, there's a, a chair time that happens every week, or every day, excuse me, every day. And, and I'm afraid you're just going to kind of let it go by. I want you to know that chair time is the most significant time in your Christian walk. And we can help you make that happen. Whether it's 15 minutes in a chair every day when you're praying, God, bring your kingdom down here. Bring your kingdom right here. I want to connect with your kingdom right here, right there. I'll tell you this, unabashedly, money-back guarantee, you spend 15 minutes a day in chair time, it will change your life. And it will change your marriage and will change your family. Because we're going to be kingdom prayers. Only God can do that. So if you're interested in that, you'll hear more information as you come. We want to be those kind of prayers. So God, bring your kingdom in me, bring your kingdom through me, bring your kingdom beyond me. We're going to uh, have the worship team come back up and we're going to take a few moments with our stations. There's some communion elements. If you'd like to go and take communion, there's, they're, they're around back in the back. As you take, if you would do that, the prayer that you might pray is, with the bread and the cup that represents the brokenness of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, the broken body. As you ingest it, would you say, Lord, I, I, I love so much what you did for me on the cross. I just want you in me. I want the kingdom of God in me. And as you ingest the elements, come in me, come live in me, set your kingdom up. It might be that you go light a candle. Maybe your thoughts as you light the candle is, I wanna bring, I wanna bring the kingdom I want to be a light 
in a dark world. I want to I light the hope of the kingdom through my family, through my work, through my neighborhoods. And just symbolically light that candle. It might be you want to go to the cross and, and you, want to, you want to go you want beyond you. Maybe there's a prayer request you have or a name that you have of somebody you're lifting up and it's an only God it's an only God person, an only God situation. All you know to do is just to give it to the cross. Feel free to do that. But just respond as, as God moves you, as we sing together. Just let God take you. It might be you want to just sit where you're at and, and just pray the prayer. Thy kingdom come. Start with me. Let's stand together. We give you this time. Move in our hearts through your Holy Spirit, we pray.